Blog Talk Radio. Come get you live. It is Buzzworthy Radio, where you can get the latest buzz on all your favorite shows and stars. Buzzworthy starts now. I feel like the worst host ever. I kept you all waiting for about 15 minutes, but I'm here right now. It's one of those issues where something else took precedence that you really did not want to have take precedence, but that's what happened, and I'm here now. At least we got up and running. I do apologize for the fact I kept you guys waiting for so long. Welcome to our second show of the day. My name is Novell J. Lee. As you are well aware of, it didn't change. It's still Buzzworthy Radio since 11 this morning. It is now quarter after 10 p.m. Eastern, 7, actually 7, 17 p.m. Pacific time on blogtalkradio.com and on buzzworthyradio.net. For those of you who are just joining us, I think that our guest was supposed to be on the line. Um, I believe he just, like, right now called back in. Uh, I'd like to, again, apologize for everybody that uh, was waiting on the line very patiently. I I really, really am truly sorry about what has happened. And um, I hopefully uh, you guys can, like, I'll I'll ballot your feet. I'll even feed you, like, fried chicken and Kool-Aid or something just to make it up. But uh, if, if if our guest has forgiven me, uh, <laughs> uh, we are joined on the line with Mr. Uh, Stephen Martinez, if I'm not mistaken. Hmm. Is that there I am. Tonight? How are you? How are you? I'm good, sir. How are you? Um, I could be better. <laughs> You're having one of those days, huh? I I am having one of those days. It it, it was just like it started off so well, and then all of a sudden it just went right down into the shitter. But, but, you know, it's like one of those things where you're trying to rush out of doing something you hate to get here and doing something that you want to do kind of a thing. Right, 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 right. And that's where I I am right now. So I humbly humbly apologize for the fact I kept you waiting for – the rest of your life. <laughs> oh man, please! I'm not. I'm not too worried about it, man. I'm just sitting here. I was going to tell you to pop in the Adele 21 album. It'll, it'll cheer you right up, man. So, oh, I, oh well, there you go. See, I think all I have to do is right now just drink a whole pitcher of Kool Aid, and I think I'll be good. So there you go. That, that too. That that <laughs> too. That too. So what is happening, man? You know, we've been conversing on Twitter for the past couple of months, man, and it's just. Uh, What's been happening in, in 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 your spectrum? You know, you you pretty much have been. You did the Vampire Diary thing for a little bit, and then, uh, yeah. you know, of course, everybody knows you as Nicholas Kathleen number two, from General Hospital, as well as Tony Santos number two, from yeah. Danny Lay. I'm, I'm, I, I, the, I'm the recast guy. <laughs> I was gonna say that. I was like, it seems like you're like the number two guy. Well, I don't not know if I like that, guy. but not yeah, the number well, one guy, know. number two guy. Well, you know, I mean, it's it's. Uh, I guess it's always been fun to come in with a foundation set and be able to kind of take it from there. But I mean, it's not the greatest thing that to to know that you were, you know, on two great shows and and having been recasted on both. But I mean, that's the nature of daytime, you know. I mean, people swap shows all the time, and people's contracts are up, and they and they feel like you know the the grass is greener on the other side, and so they they uh, <clears throat> they jump ship for a little bit, and and uh, you know, unfortunately somebody like myself and others that who have been that way in the past jump in and, and hopefully fill the seat, you know. So it's it's not a bad position. I, I won't I won't complain too much. 
You, um, I, I just actually saw something today, actually, before we had started to do this show just a few minutes ago, that you, you're doing something called DTE. I, I, like I said, it was just like scrolled right on my timeline. DTE <laughs> Films or something like that? What is that? That's mine and my partner, Jacques Hebert. It, that's our company. Um, we, we've, uh, we, we launched it, you know, probably towards the end of last year and, and, um, you know, we've, we've been putting together projects and, and putting ourselves in a position to be able to, uh, you know, hopefully down the road produce our own stuff and, and, uh, both write and direct and, and do our own thing. I mean, I think the industry is changing so much and I've said this so many times in the past that we're now in a position, actors are, to be able to do things on our own. I mean, the studio system, uh, if you will, has changed drastically over the last 30 years and it's making it difficult more difficult uh, i should say for actors and people aspiring to to really kind of engulf themselves in this industry and it's, it's now giving them a door and a possibility of doing it you know on their own and for themselves and you know there's so many people shooting you know little shows as webisodes and stuff on, mm-hmm. on online and, and and all that and so you know we we've created we've got about to be honest, we have 12 scripts uh, in our lineup right now. Four of which uh, are good to go. We've got uh, we're on a, we're on a 90-10 deal, a 90% 10 deal uh, with a company out of Arizona. So we've we've got 90% of our financing down, and and so for us it's difficult because we have to put ourselves in, a, in an equity position every time. It's almost like buying a house. You know, you got to come in with a, a percentage down and putting yourself in an equity position in order to move into pre-production on a project. And so that, that's where we're at. And, and so DTE was launched last year, and, and uh, you know, we want to bring back our, – our motto is kind of bringing back what Hollywood used to represent, storytelling, and, and giving an opportunity to people, uh, not, not so much the studio system, but giving an opportunity to people that are out there who have talent and, and don't have the means to be able to, uh, you know, fulfill the agency and stuff. And so, you know, we, we – we just want to produce good stuff, good projects, man. And, and our first project turned out is, is one that uh, we've been working on now for about three and a half years, and, and it's finally coming into fruition. And, wow! And uh, we're we're pretty stoked about it. We're pretty excited, and, and uh, I couldn't complain more, uh, at all in, in terms of the situation that we are in uh, with the company. I think that we have a long way to go, but uh, you right. know we're in a good place. So, but I figured today it's funny. I, I figured today I'd launch the uh, the, the <laughs> the Twitter site for it, and, and and so when I did, you know, I texted my partner, and he's like, "Man, I don't even know how to spell Twitter." You know, so he's, <laughs> he's 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 not up to date on all this stuff. He's a little bit older than I am, and so I'm I'm teaching him the ways on that. But uh, I think the social networking aspect of it all is 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 becoming uh, a, such a um, a profitable thing for for anyone anymore because it, it's 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 really helping people on on different levels that we never really had. I mean. Uh, unfortunately, it's it's changing a lot of things, and I think, like I've said before, people tend to hide behind um, technology now more than anything, and and uh, we don't want to do that. We're we're just trying to get the name out there and get people to to help support DT Films and what we're trying to do. So, now where can they find this site at if they wanted to look for it? Uh, it's actually on there. It's dtfilms.com. Dtfilms.com. Yeah. Yeah, we're also on IMDb. Uh, we've got one in pre-production right now, so we're, we're on IMDb, and, and uh, you know we're um, we're hopefully moving and shaking soon, man. Oh man, definitely. Yeah. I gotta check that out. Like I said, it skimmed on my screen, so I was like, "What is that? I wonder what that is." Yeah, it's been a, it's been a long time, man. A long time coming, so we're excited. Next step is to finally change your picture so it's not that Twitter egg. 
and now have an actual like logo in there. That's your next step. That's, yeah, that's that's what we're doing. I, in fact, that, that's my that's my partner's job. It's, it's his job to design a logo. So he thought I was crazy. He had no idea what I was talking about, but I had to explain it to him for about a half hour. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. So we'll have something up there pretty soon. <laughs> it's like just like, we're gonna worry about how you're gonna use Twitter later. Just make a logo. I'll do all that stuff. We'll learn how to tweet later. That's pretty much it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Isn't that terrible? That's terrible. Yeah. yeah. I. I am sure, as many of you guys are aware of, aside from myself, that people have been paying attention to our tweets lately. And with all good reason, you know, um, we have expressed our concerns. Uh, I know I wanted to get your live opinions on it than just in 140 characters, mind you. Yeah, and, and the, you know, the date of what has come of daytime television, and recently we've heard of Black Thursday, which we are now establishing that day when the world, well, the, the U.S., we were announced that all my children, one life to live, will be leaving us, and all my children will be leaving the airways in September, one life in January. And, of course, we've had our separate opinions, even though they were one and the same, just yours was a little more colorful than mine. I wonder why that is. Hmm. Well, you know, <laughs> on, on, um, uh, should I, should I, I think I should be a little bit more political, but, but, or, uh, a little proper, but, you know, in, in my position, um, I'm sure most of anybody that was aware, uh, you know, of my time at General Hospital, uh, I had a, I had a great four year run there and, and, you know, I had a blast on the show and had a, had a great run with Nick and Gia and, and, you know, I admired and respected everybody there. But most of the powers that be were not on my favorite side, and nor was I on theirs. And so, my falling out with General Hospital was uh, rather abrupt, um, rather uh, slap in the face and a stab in the back at the same time. And, and uh, you know, I got my ass kicked, and and it sucked. Uh, it was it was definitely a humbling experience for me. Um, you know, realizing that that uh, you know, I take that back because I had my humbling experience when Wendy, when Wendy Rich was on the show. And oh, and she, both, she was amazing. Yeah, and she, Wendy, Wendy was by far, you know, the best executive producer in daytime, in all of daytime, I think, that ever hit daytime. And and she brought me in, you know, six months on the show, and she had said, you know, at the time it was cold, and she said, hey, Colton, you know what? You want to do? You want to flip burgers? You want to be an actor? Get your shit together. And so it was just one of those moments where I realized, okay, you know, I checked the ego at the door, and that's what we're here to do, and. Uh, but it, that incident that happened to me, you know, back in 2003 was was not only crushing, but it was it was mind-boggling to me on how. And I understand business; I get it; it makes sense. Uh, and I have no disrespect towards Tyler. I wish him the best and what he on all of his endeavors. But um, when, when you're in negotiations with me for three months and can't close a deal, and then you know bring me to set one day and at the 40th anniversary, take a cast mm-hmm. photo shoot, and then tell me that it was my last day in a five-minute car ride home and then send me a cast photo with my picture in it and the rest of the cast with me out of it was was a little bit um, asinine and, and completely uncalled for and more than disrespectful after, you know, me giving four years to that show and, and me feeling, you know, I felt like I, I I I did what I could do my at my best at that point in, in my career and what I knew about acting then. And, you know, I felt I brought a good rendition to to what my Nicholas represented and, uh, and, you know, and so does Tyler everyone on, on a daily basis. But, uh, with what they did, um, I have no respect for 
Bob Guza. I have no respect for Brian Franz. I have absolutely no respect for Jill Fern Phelps. And that's why it was funny when people would, you know, would tweet and say, would you go back to GH? Uh, quite frankly, uh, I would go back if none of those people were there. Um, you wouldn't catch me stepping foot in the door where Bob Guza was. Um, you know, this is me speaking abruptly, and it's probably going to come back to bite me in the ass, and that's okay. Um, hopefully my dime at daytime is, you know, is finished, and, and I don't have to, you know, go back to those doors again. But, uh, you know, I, I think what they're doing now, um, I, I think most of us had seen this coming down the road. Um, unfortunately, with the way, you know, budget cuts are, and monetarily speaking, but the treatment in which they give to the veterans is baffling. I, 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 it's, I have no words to really express, you know, my gratitude towards the veterans on the shows that I've worked on, but to see how they're treated after being on a show and given such a huge part of their life to a show such as GH, a show such as Guiding Light, a show such as One Life to Live and, and All My Children, it, it, it's, it's disgusting to me. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, <laughs> that's really one word. It's disgusting. So I have to agree with that sentiment, obviously so, from my response to you. But it, it amazed me because I was definitely the person that did not know that this had went on until you somewhat started saying it, and then I was going like, okay, what really did go on behind there? I, and and right. all these questions started going in my head. It's like, did... Tyler was Tyler approached to come back, and that's why they got rid of you. Uh, and that's pretty much what I then started asking was once you started saying that, I was like, did they go like, all right, we need to bring Tyler back in here and just pretty much kick at the time Colton to the curb? And no, it was it was actually you know Tyler Tyler had jumped ship, and 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 again I want to reiterate this is absolutely nothing disrespectful towards Tyler because I respect you know the work that he did prior to my coming there and the work he's done after for the character, and I know he's fed up over at the show too from what I've heard. I don't talk to him. We don't we don't really communicate uh, if ever if I see him out. It's it's a cordial thing, but but um, from my understanding of the whole incident and how the incident went down. Um, Throughout my negotiations towards the end of my term at General Hospital, Tyler had called up and 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 had basically said he wanted to come back to the show and 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 so because we couldn't make a deal, they had already closed the deal with him rather quickly and so once that deal was closed, it was well Colton who <laughs> Stephen who so I no longer existed, I no longer had a say and it was okay we got to get him out and uh, it literally went to work. That morning at 6, I wrapped it at noon, went up, did the photo shoot, and literally 10 minutes after I left the studio, it was my phone call saying that today was my last day. You know, and that happens. It's happened to a lot of us in daytime, and, and it's unfortunate, but it's the name of the game sometimes, and, and uh, you know, um, I'm glad Tyler's had his run. And to be honest, uh, I'm glad he kind of slapped him back in the face, too. I, I don't really know the incident there, if he got fired, if, if he wanted to get out because his show got picked up. But again, remember, Chuck Pratt was a writer at General Hospital when I was there. So Chuck Pratt is the guy who, who wrote Tyler's pilot. So it, it's kind of funny how it all kind of circulates throughout the same core people, you know, and, and uh, you know, I wish them the best with that show. So, uh, again, it's, it's nothing against Tyler. You know, he did what he had to do, I guess, to get his job back, and it worked in his favor and not in mine. But uh, the irony was I, I got picked up right away. So, you know. <laughs> that I I oh, wow that's <laughs> I never looked at it that way. I, as far as I'm aware, of, uh, from what I understand, of it, Tyler did not 
expect to get fired. He expected to do both shows at the same time. And so he did get fired. Is that what everybody's saying? Or Yes, yes. Uh, he he expected to be on both shows at the same time is what he had said in the statement. That will never, have, that will never fly with ABC Daytime, ever. <laughs> really? They're not. Yeah, never. CBS, like Y&R and Bold and the Beautiful and those shows like that who are family-owned, they love to see their actors go out and do other stuff. You know, I mean, look at Victoria Rowell. She's done it for years. And and they love that stuff. But ABC, for some reason, and I won't say it's just ABC. I just, I, I have a feeling it's just, it, it's one of those, it's a risk. I mean, I, and I, I get it from a business perspective. It's a risk. I mean, let's say Tyler's show took off. It did really well. I mean, he, he's he's not going to want to stay on daytime, you know. I mean, that that's just generally how that that if you want to call it that ladder that we climb in the industry, that's generally how it works. Um, do do I think that uh, it's a smart move? No, I mean, I, I would love that. I would love to have been, and I always had this this dream. I don't know, it was weird when I was younger and I was on General Hospital. I had this dream of being a movie star, kind of what mm-hmm. James Franco did. And still doing daytime because I think it's such a great training ground for actors on a daily basis. But if you can bring people outside of just that medium, right, and get movie fans and film critics and people who love film actors to start watching these other shows and bring that following over, all of a sudden you're going to find that your daytime shows are going to become a lot more successful and they'll stick around a lot longer than just, you know, 46 years, 47 years. Not that that's a long time. I mean, it's a long time, but it could go longer. You know, therefore it brings more money, brings more fans. It brings it brings a lot of different aspects to, to, to benefit the show, but a lot of executives in terms of ABC, they don't like to think that way, and that's fine. That's that's the way they do business. And, and you know, I can't fault them for that at the same time that I think that it's it's not a smart move, but, you know, Right. That, that's just my thought. So, yeah. Well, I'm, I didn't. I didn't know Tyler got fired. I feel bad for him. That that's a shame. But uh, you know, you, you, unfortunately, over at General Hospital, you can't have your cake and eat it too. You know, and and that's that's been that way for a long time. So, only a few people can, and I'm sure we all know who they are. <laughs> they don't have to be named here. I completely and know exactly who you're talking about. So we don't yeah. need to shout the names out there, but it's just, it, right. it's really a mess that it, it is that way, that if they do not cater to the certain particular characters or actors, then you pretty much get the shaft. I mean, look, we were just like, you were just explaining that earlier, how they treated Stuart Damon on the show, how they treated Anna, Anna Lee. I mean, my gosh, I, I heard about that, and that just really made my heart sink. Yeah, you know, you know that, 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 the John Engel and the Stuart Damon thing was, was that was the sh- most shocking thing to me because, you know, those are two of my favorite people on that show. And, and yeah, it, it's been going on for a long time, man, you know, and it, and it, it sucks, but it's, it's never going to change until they, they're willing to, to open their eyes a little bit more and, and kind of broaden their horizons in terms of the way that they think, you know, and, and it's a shame. It really is. It, it's it's all that's going to happen is more shows are going to get canceled, and all you're going to have left is the Bell family, that, you know, wine, R&B, and B, and that's it. That's pretty much what we all said. That that's the, the, there's going to be only two shoes. Two shoes. Two shoes. Two shoes. The only two shows left remaining. Yeah. That's it. Because it, it just seems like they don't know exactly what to do on their shows because they don't listen to the fans. If they did, they'd probably be a little bit better. I mean, One Life to Live specifically. Oh my 
gosh. That's one of the best shows out there right now. One of the the best shows right now. And they know exactly how to do it on a less of a budget. Yeah. On a less of a budget. And they're still able to produce a quality-type show. And GH, I've watched GH all my life. And I've been through so many of his transitions, through the Wendy Rich period to the period that we have now. And pretty much the only thing I'm seeing now is they bring their they only bring their game when it's stunts week. That's it. Uh, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, uh, I, 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 got, I gotta I say, man, went dead there from when you said that. You know, I, I, yeah, I gotta, I gotta say, man, that you know, like uh, when Nick and Gia was around, the, the coolest thing that I thought about what we had going on that show was the writers were actually listening to the fans. And it was really cool because we we had such a, a strong storyline for such a long time. I mean, it got, it got a little campy and cordy towards the end, but now you all know why it did, okay? But but I think the coolest part was during that, that three-and-a-half-year run, I mean, you got to remember, Marissa Gia was only supposed to be on the show for three weeks. She was supposed to be gone. Yeah, she was not a contract player. No, she was just supposed to come in to create some trouble, stir up a thing, and and leave. But it happened to be a huge smash, and they didn't expect it. I mean, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I don't know if this is true, but I think that we were one of the very few, if not one of the first, young interracial uh, couples on on a daytime show, if if I'm not mistaken. And Mm -hmm. it it took off, I mean, like, like fireworks. And so it was cool because during that time frame, when fans would, would really kind of run into the show and they would talk about the show, the writers were starting to listen to them a little bit, except the end. And so, I mean, I think it does happen, but I think it's it's very, very few and far between. And and it's a shame because, like you said, one life to live. And, and I don't watch them anymore. I watch no soaps anymore. But um, Oh, you did stop watching. Okay. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. I stopped watching 100%. I had such a bitter taste in my mouth. I was so angered uh, by it that, that you know, I mean, my mother even stopped watching. My mom's been a fan of General Hospital for 40 years and had never missed an episode. And she was, not because her son got fired, not because I was even on the show. She was just over, you know, what the powers that be were doing to her favorite show in terms of people like Stuart Damon, people like Johnny, the people, the Quartermains and, and, and the Cassidines. I mean, just destroying these families that were such great history to a show that if you, if they really looked at it this way, we as actors kept that show going. Those people like Stuart Damon, Stephen Nichols, Jeannie Francis, which is another baffling thing to me anyway, you know, Tony Geary, these these are the people who have kept this show running for 30-plus years, you know? These are the people that you should be bowing down to. I don't give a shit how old they get, you know, perfect example, Anna Lee. I don't care. These are the people who have made that show what that show is. It's a, it's a okay, in, in perfect context and an analogy, Pirates of the Caribbean would not be Pirates of the Caribbean without Johnny Depp, correct? That's correct. Okay. General Hospital would not be General Hospital without the Quartermains and these main families and the people who's created that. And and that's what, to me, just baffles me about daytime. You know, they would much rather bring in younger people, pay them 900 bucks, 800 bucks, $1,000 a show, whatever the hell the rate is now, and, and get rid of the people who cost money. And keep the show young, which I get. I get you have to do. You have to keep the show young. That's fine. Oh yeah. But don't go. Yeah. Don't go. Which you have to do that, right? That's great. 
but don't go killing off the people who who, who are really really the pyramid of, of and the rock of what what that show represents and entails. I mean, it's just you know it, it, it's I, it's it's disgusting. <laughs> I keep using that word, man, but that's all I can think about it. You know, it's, it's just, that, that's yeah. a, I mean, hey, if, if it's a great word, stick with it. I I pretty much agree. I, I think you pretty much spoke what everybody has been saying. So that's, that's it's pretty much it's pretty much it. I want to get into Guy Light for a second, but what's that? I I do want to get into Guy Light for a, a second, but before yeah, I do ahead. that, um, I got a call from uh, Oklahoma on the phone. Four oh five area code. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Oh, you got a little accent too. I like it. A, a slight one, yes. I like it. I like it. What's your name? Uh, my name is Tina. Hi, Tina. How are you? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I'm fantastic. What's going on? Um, nothing much. It's just hanging out. Yeah, just hanging out. That's huh? good. Yeah, and I, I, you know, I was listening on here on the phone as you're talking. And, you know, you guys are talking about the soap operas and stuff like that. And I kind of had a question for Stephen that kind of takes it to another subject. I don't know if that's okay to do. No, that's fine. Okay. Um, well, I follow Stephen on Twitter, and I saw where he tweeted today that he's fixing to start uh, recording his album. So I was going to see <laughs> uh, if he could tell us a little bit more about that, maybe okay. what genre of music it's going to be, time frame, and if he's writing his own songs and that kind of thing. Sure. Um, yeah, I got word today um, from my producer in Nashville that uh, – we're we're ready to move forward and and um, it, it's I'm excited about it. We we've pretty much written God so far. I think uh, three quarters of the album right now is completely written. The stuff that I've written and co-written. Um, yes. Uh, so that that's that's a huge thing for me. Um, I can't I can't really tell you when. I I know I know that we want to get something out right away. So um, I I would love to give a time frame. I know that. Uh, you know, me going back and forth from two cities is also making it a little bit more difficult. But, uh, you know, we're looking to uh, cut the record on the weekends. It allows me to travel time and, and all that stuff. And so I'm hoping that, that we can get at least one song, the single release, put out somewhere. I'm, I would love to see it out again in the summer, to be honest with you, which I think is oh, feasible. Oh, awesome. You know? Yeah, which I think is feasible. So right now that's kind of my goal. Uh, that's our goal uh, together where we want to get on it. And, uh, yeah, so... Uh, that's where we're at. <laughs> well, that's just awesome. Yeah. Well, congratulations on and getting it, it's that. More, it's, more, uh, it's more rock country. You know, I'm doing that whole kind of Keith Urban kind of cross with uh, Chris Daughtry sort of sound. A little bit of Gary Allen here and there, but uh, more, of that, more of that kind of the new, as I call it, southern pop feel. So are you going to be um, playing a guitar? I mean, do you play guitar and you do that thing like they do um, too? I, I, will, I will put this in very simple context. I'm getting better. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not the greatest guitar player in the world, and and uh, it, it it's a very frustrating instrument for me because I'm a woodwind player. I'm a sax player, so it's very frustrating for me. But uh, I've gotten so much better in the past six months, and I'm actually writing with it now by myself, which is which has been a huge challenge for me because you know again going back to other interviews I've done, songwriting has been so new to me in general that uh, sitting down alone with a guitar has been even harder. So. But it's been a fun process for me. Yeah. That's great. Well, if you can play the guitar, I commend you because I've tried it. It hurts my fingers. I can't stand it. So 
I don't play it, and I I can't sing, and I can't write music, but I love it. I just appreciate it. So, you know, for those of us out there that can't do it, to be able to follow somebody like that that can, congrats and kudos to you. (laughs) Well, thank you very much. Thank you very much, girl. Appreciate it. Sure enough. And, uh, you know, good luck with everything, and, uh, you know, much success to you in all that you do. Penny uh, Erdahl, thank you so much. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Y'all have fun. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Wow. Don't you love it? <laughs> yeah, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> Your time on, on Guiding Light, uh, forgive me, on the year that you joined the show, I thought it was in 2005. Uh, I went 2003 to 2005. Yeah, it was too. Yeah, okay, I was right. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah I, I joined. I joined Guiding Light. I got offered. It was kind of funny, you know. It's you know, it's really funny going back to like the whole thing at General Hospital that happened. While I was in negotiations, I come to find this out when John Convoy was producing over there at Guiding Light. While I was trying to negotiate at General Hospital, I had no idea that my manager was getting phone calls from Guiding Lights that they were fighting to get me. So the day that we found out, yeah, the day that we found out that I was released from General Hospital, we had an offer on the table to go to Guiding Lights. I was just a little apprehensive because I didn't really want to go to New York. And then I decided, you know what, it might be a really cool experience. I think change will be good. I was coming out of a breakup. And so I said, screw it, I'll go. And and, uh, I took the show. And uh, it was I love being in New York. God, I miss New York. Yeah. Mm. Love New York. <laughs> I, I love, love these you know, coasts, that man. Cost, that cost was a little convenient. No, 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 no. I love New York myself. But uh, what was the what was it like working on that show? Because from last time I had I had actually called in to another show we were on it, and I believe it was uh, Starish Radio when she, you were on Joanne's show, and I asked you that question. What was it like working on that show? Completely different obviously from GH, but how was it specifically behind the scenes on, on the show as well as? It, well, it was, it was, yeah, I mean, it was, um, it was difficult at first um, because, again, being recasted again, I, and Jordy did a fantastic job over there, and, and but putting all that aside, when I got there to the show, I, I, I mean, put it this way, they flew me there for my birthday, okay, and, you know, introduced me to the show and to the people, had brought me out a cake. I mean, it was a cool, like, sort of welcome to the show. And so when I made the move and I got there, I had expected, you know, pretty much, probably stupidly, I expected that I'd be working four or five days a week and, and coming from a big show that I'd be working a lot. Well, I got there and I was literally working one day a week for six months. And and so it was extremely, extremely frustrating because here I come from a show where I'm working, you know, three, four, five days a week on a great storyline, although I had gotten screwed over to an extent. You know, I expected a little bit more. And so I, I'd stuck it out, but I didn't realize that they were on the outs with John Convoy and they were bringing in Ellen Wheeler. Well, the day they brought in uh-huh. Ellen Wheeler, she called me in the office and she said, she said, Stephen, at this time it was Stephen. I went with the name change then. She said, Stephen, I've got a lot of great stuff planned for you. I know, you know, I know that when we, we brought you here, it wasn't what you expected. It wasn't what we promised you. But we, need, we have to make up for it. We wanted you here. We fought to get you. You're here. We've got to make it right. 
And sure enough, they did. I mean, they had, you know, it was it was a great experience working there. I love Ricky Paul. I love I loved everybody there. And and it was tough to make that decision to 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 leave. But during my stint there, um, New York just wasn't a good place for me to be at the emotional place that I was in my life. And so I went through some more death in the family at that point, and uh, it was just, it just wasn't a good time for me. And so uh, I had to make, unfortunately, the plunge to to come back to L.A. and, and um, you know, and pursue other things. Uh, I did take, I think I took six months off after I left that show and went back home. My mom was sick, and, uh, you know, I was dealing with that too. So it was, there was a lot going on for me, and I, and I think that, at that particular point in my life, I was not mature enough to handle New York City and, and making, you know, making money and living there and working. And, uh, you know, it took a toll on me, um, uh, on who I was and, and what I was becoming and what I was doing. It just, it just wasn't the typical me. So, uh, but, but my time there was great, man. I, I loved being on that show. I loved everybody there. I really did. And uh, we had a blast, you know. And it was sad. It was sad to see the show go. It really was. Yeah, but, but they had such a small budget. You know, they had no money. They really did. Yeah, they really did, and they they did try to make it work. Uh, well, the, I think the, mis- the, mis- the mistake, yeah, the mistake they made was going on location. It was terrible. Yeah, you said it for me. So, because <laughs> that's that's why I was like, oh my God, uh, I don't want to say it, but <laughs> you know what? It, it, it was. It, it that really was the nail in the coffin was when that happened. I know they tried it with that, but it, it really did not fly as well as they hoped it would. Uh, it just seemed like it was a it was a transition for you that it was good and then it was bad and then it just became really hard for you. Uh, but the main thing it is, and I'm so really happy to hear about it, that you're able to find yourself back on your feet in L.A., you were doing some other things. You went and did Vampire Diaries for a short stint. Yeah. You did well, that. I think you know. Was... I, I think I think the biggest uh, thing for me in making that decision was, I really realized, man, that after six years of being in daytime, I was done. I couldn't do it anymore. You know, I I I, I, yeah. I I just realized that I knew that that kind of that typecast sort of situation that you put yourself in after a certain time frame, and you know, I wasn't. I, it was kind of at a point like it was towards the end of my, my time at GH where I'd go to work and my stomach would start cringing and I just wasn't happy to be there. And it wasn't about the show. It was just about I'm not where I wanted to be in my life and my career and what I set out, you know, to L.A. in the first place to do. And I think we all have that pipe dream of, oh, yeah, we want to be a movie star, which is great. I think it's a great place to, to reach and aim for. But But I also know that there are steps in which you have to take and there are risks in which you have to take. And instead of sitting there idly and and just taking a weekly paycheck and and going to work on a daily basis in order for me to get to where I wanted to get to uh and still want to get to I, I had I had to take the risk you know and 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 it was a good risk because certain things came out of it um you know the Monarch Cove show that I did for Lifetime was it was a huge jump for me even though it was a telenovela but coming off of that you know being in Australia was fantastic but coming off of that you know, immediately coming back and booking the closer was by far the greatest thing that's happened to me in my career so far because it's opened doors and it's given people the perspective that, okay, you know what, this kid, 
he can act, you know, he's not just a daytime actor. And, you know, I've, I've stood with Kira Sedgwick and I, you know, and, and I've stood with, you know, Kevin Bacon directing and my buddy, Anthony Anderson, uh, Anthony Hemingway, who, who, who directed and, and he's doing a lot of George Lucas stuff now. And, you know, it, it, it's that show was such a phenomenal blessing to me that it made me really gain a lot more confidence in, in myself and my ability in the industry and, and, and knowing that, that I have, you know, I think we all have to have faith, but knowing, knowing that I have the ability to be able to do it. And, and uh, you know, I, I can say if I die tomorrow, I can say that I was on a Golden Globe winning show. And to me, you, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still living my dream, man. And, and, and that, that I do everything I do because I love it, not, not for any other reason. So You pretty much brought up a good point because there, there are a lot of daytime younger actors and actresses that want to branch out and do other things, but they're worried about having that stigma of when you do branch out into other things that they're worried about from producers and casting directors that are in primetime or in movies or anything of the sort, where it's like, uh, you're on a soap, you're daytime, you're you're pretty much time cut for the daytime actor, you can't do this, you can't do that. Even though daytime people work the hardest out of anybody else in other fields. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, we're doing... You gotta do like yeah. seventy pages in a day. Yeah, we're doing we're doing an average, an average of anywhere from thirty five to fifty five pages a day. I mean, we're doing a full script a day, if not two or three. So yeah, I mean, it's 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 excruciating work. I mean, it's it's a lot, a lot of work, and people think it's easy. Yeah, sometimes our hours are easy because we go in at six, we go to hair and makeup at seven, we're on stage at eight, and we're shooting till noon. That's great. But what people don't understand from eight to noon, we're doing fifty pages, <laughs> you know, and oh, we yeah. get no rehearsals. And that's it. You know, you you get one run through, and that's it. You got to be on point, and and that's why I think it's the greatest training ground in the world. And I think that actors who are younger, who are on daytime, you know, and have had a run, you know, I think the biggest thing that that people use against themselves is fear. And I think that fear, in my position, in my place, in the way, in my mentality, is fear is what is what drives me. It it it, it, it it's like it's like a um, a fire burning pit in the, you know a pit in the center of my stomach that it makes me want to get out there and 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 really take risks because with fear in my opinion comes more success because you push yourself and you really start to reach for things that really I think are attainable. Is that why you're now doing like professional soccer now or like that? Can you believe that? Uh, uh, can you believe that? I read I mean, that and I'm like, uh, what? <laughs> yeah, can, it's so funny, dude. Because I I called my buddy Brian up and and I'm like, Brian, you're not gonna believe this, man. He says, what? I said, I'm going back to pro soccer, and he just it was like you could hear a pin drop on the phone, and all he heard him say, what? And I said, yeah, man, I'm I'm I, I made the team, and he's like. Okay, man, hold on a minute. Who at 35 years old, right? I'm 17 years older than everybody, man, on the team, okay? Because who at 30, I really am, I swear to God. He goes, who at 35 years old can say they turn pro at anything, let alone the fact to go back to it after all? I mean, I haven't, played, to it. I haven't played a competitive game like that in 15 years. I haven't been on a field in 15 years, you know? And so I've played for fun in rec leagues, but nothing like this. And so... Yeah, man, it was it was so strange, and I I still sit here now and I think about like how what what is going on? Like it's just such a weird, a weird transition, kind of a it's strange, man. But yeah, like the youngest player on the team is 18, the oldest player on the team is 23, and here I am at 35, and I'm starting. I get, <laughs> it's, and you're starting. 
and I'm starting. Very right? worried it's about. Trippy. I'm not only worried about your health. I'm worried about you. You're gonna about to get broken bones all over you and everything like that. You, that you can't even overcome. Well, you're gonna have well, bruises going up your hamstrings, yeah. man. You should. You should have seen me the first week of training. I mean, it was. I'm sitting in a bathroom, bathtub with Epsom salt. Like, oh, I needed like a, a a cane. You know, I could barely walk, but. But I tell you what, oh, you even had Epsom salt going on, man. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. you got plenty to look sure. forward to now. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. No, but it felt, man, it feels so good to be back out there, and even if the kids are young, and it's kind of cool. Cause we had we had a our second game of the season last weekend, and and the guys in the locker room they they turned to me and they say, hey, Stephen, we got a nickname for you. I'm like, oh great. And they go, it's Pops. That's it. Your nickname's Pop. I'm like, oh, cool. All right. Already started. Every time I get, yeah, every time I get the ball, it's like, go, Pops, go, Pops. <laughs> it makes me laugh, man. But you know, it makes me feel good. These kids, these kids, they, you know, they, they, they push me and they, and they make me want to. And it's kind of giving me a new perspective on my career. And and not that I'm changing angles at all, but it, oh, no. it's really making me see like to have these kids. You know, I mean, they're all they're all like excited that I'm an actor and I've done stuff and I've been on this and I've been on that. They're excited about that stuff, but to hear them push for me makes me want to push myself more. And now I'm taking that into other parts of my life, you know. And and it's it's been a really cool, kind of another little growth process for me. So it's it's kind of fun, yeah. Oh, I love it. I just I just could not picture myself at 35. I'm not 35, but I will be in 10 years. <laughs> But I would never be able to picture myself doing that in any way, shape, form. I, oh, I just can see myself because I'm a. I'd be like I'd be like that guy that'd be like poked fun at. If not poked fun at, then I'd be poked by balls, by the <laughs> turf, and everything like that. And then I'd be like, oh crap! Right, and, right, right. <laughs> and not being able to bounce back from it. Maybe if, maybe if I were to play that every day of my life, then maybe that'd be different. But since I don't play soccer like that all the time, then we got a problem. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, it's been it's been such a, a huge part of my life since I was two, literally, you know, and and it's been a huge part of my relationship with my father, and 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 this has kind of been really cool, man. Like the first, like I said, the first week of training and the first week of preseason and. Our first preseason game, it, it's kind of neat. Like I still look over at the sideline, you know, and I, it, it's, I can almost picture Dad still standing there. So it's kind of like it's another connection that I still have with him that I can still keep alive for as long as I can play, and I'm going to try to play as long as I can, you know. And and but I still have that 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 feeling of of him alive still, you know, in me and mm-hmm. and standing there and 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 rooting me on. So it's kind of been another sort of means to therapy for me uh, in, in still letting him go. And uh, it, it's, but it, yeah, it's been such a profound part of my life. And it's, soccer is, is pretty much, God, I'd say 65% of who I am, you know? Really? Yeah. More yeah. so than an actor. Well, I mean, I think, I think life, you know, life brings you different forks in the road and, and different paths. But, and I love acting. Don't get me wrong. I, I love it. I love music. I love what I do wholeheartedly but when I told my mom that I made this team it was the first I mean my mom was excited when I became an actor you know but my mom was so happy for me to step back on a field because the first thing she said to me when I told her I made the team was she goes Stephen that was always your passion no matter what that was that was what drove me I mean that's what got me through school that's what this sport was was my life literally since I could walk and and so 
even if I'm not as good as I used to be, just to be out here doing it, it makes me feel so alive again. And it, it's put my mental state in terms of just being really happy and really focused and really kind of energetic about, you know, what's ahead in my life, uh, both acting and, and, you know, producing wise and everything else that I'm doing. Uh, it, it just, it's given me a new energy, you know, it's given me that thought that shit, I can really do this. You know, if I can make a soccer team at 35, I can do this. I can do that. You know What's what I mean? What's there not so, to be able to do? I mean, all you got to do is try to kick a ball through a goalie net. Yeah, that's, that's what you think. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much all you have to do here. I mean, really, like, come on. Is there any hardness to this game? Oh, there? there's, yes. Oh, yeah, man. It's it's a very, 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 very difficult game. Yeah. People don't think so. It's, that's, it's funny to me, the illusion, you know. But, yeah, it's, it's watch European soccer. You'll understand. So, you're anyway, in yeah. soccer. Yeah, <laughs> EPL, English Premier League, yeah. So, anyway, so. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm happy to I don't be back know about that. It feels good. So. <laughs> yeah, I just know, I just know for well that, see, this is why I should not have said that stuff, see? Because I know for well I would not be on the field doing that. But yet I'm packing <laughs> on it. Right, that's true. Right, right, exactly. Exactly, exactly. You hypocrite. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm I'm right now I'm gonna be waiting for you. As soon as you have your first game, I'm gonna be waiting for that Twitter announcer where you said, I broke a bone. I told you my that, dude. Why would, why would you even think that? It was just a natural thought. <laughs> terrible. No, I don't want that to happen, but I, I'm just like, see, I'm just like going through this conversation. I'm going like, I bet you he's going to tweak it. He like twisted his ankle playing the game. I know it. He's going to do that. I'm just going to wait for it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll be just like pointing my finger and I'm like, I told you. <laughs> right. That's what I see. That's what I see. But I don't want that to happen, though, but I just see it happen. That's all. That's great to know. Thanks. <laughs> I, I, you're welcome. I have I have nothing but support for you, sir. Nothing but. Appreciate it. I appreciate it. Even if I just said I wanted excruciating pain on you. <laughs> 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 Even though I just wish, like, you, I hope you, I like, I'm expecting to see you, like, twist your ankle somewhere. <laughs> Isn't that awful? I, That's see, terrible. This, I, I don't think people should have me in their corner. Ever. So you're, so you're like, you're like, yeah, so you're like one of those people, like, when you see somebody fall down a flight of stairs, you you laugh hysterically. Um, only if they get up. If, if they get up. If they get up. And if they're not hurt, right. then, then, uh, enough, then I would laugh. Um, All right. See, that's what happens when you watch Jackass, I think. That's pretty much what it is. Yeah, that that would be it. You that have to blame Johnny Knoxville for that. Just blame Johnny Knoxville. You're good. I'll do that. You're good. <laughs> well, this was very, very interesting because, again, we got to chat more than 140 characters to each other. So right, I right. found it interesting and a lot of fun. And I think you need to come back here again once more things pop up that uh, needs to be addressed. I will do so. I promise you. You promise me that? Yeah, man. I do. All right. I'll be looking forward to that. So we can check out DTE Films at DTEFilms.com. It's yeah. also on Twitter at DTE Films. So it's Dean and Dog, Keith and Tom, E Films, just so you know that that's how it is spelled. 
And you can follow Stephen on Twitter at Stephen Martinez. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, please go right ahead. I'm I'm always there. I'm always on Twitter, tweeting up a storm. I'm not saying you have to. I'm just offering as a suggestion. But thanks so much, man, for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you having me, man. Thanks so much. No problem. Take care. All right. Y'all take care. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, guys, we're wrapping it up here for the night. I wanted to extend it just so we were able to get in a, a few more minutes for you so you're able to hear me before we wrap it up here. Uh, tomorrow I am airing my interview that I did with Sean Christian from Days of Our Lives. He plays the role of Dr. Daniel Jonas on the show. Of course, many fans also remember him as playing the role of Mike Kavanaugh for Virginia that role on As Well Turn, plus other roles that he has done, such as on One Life to Live and on Summerland as well. So we'll be airing that tomorrow. On Thursday, we'll be on with Michael Cohen at about 12 noon. So we'll be doing that, talking all things entertainment, what's been going on in the entertainment world. Then Friday, I'm probably going to debut our Week in Review segment. I'm going to record that, and I'm going to air it later on in the night. So that's pretty much what's going to be happening. Then next week, once the nominations are announced for the Daytime Emmy Awards, from what I'm hearing, it may be announced on the early show again, but I really don't know if that is the case. I know people ask me when is it going to be announced and where is it going to be announced. It, the official announcements will be coming out on May 11th, which is next Wednesday, but I don't know if it's going to be announced any earlier than on the website. As far as what I'm being told, they're having an assumption that it may be announced again on the early show, but I'm really not sure of that as of yet. So hopefully there will be an announcement of that soon. But I'll be back on tomorrow at 8 p.m. Eastern, and that's about it. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Take care.